Hello and welcome back to the Jessica Pinelli podcast. I'm Jess, your host and your favorite female empowerment coach. This is a safe space to speak about all things on mindset, relationships, business, sex, money, and life experiences. Get comfortable, get ready, and let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Jessica Kennelly Podcast. I am so, so super excited to have a very special guest on for the podcast and a male, which I'm always excited to bring my female listeners. Before I introduce him, before I say anything about him, he's called Jordan, but I'm going to let him speak about who he is and what he does. Hello, Jordan, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jess. Thanks for having me. It's, a, it's, a, it's an honor to be on here. And yeah, we're, we're doing the the time zone, uh, you know, flexibility right now to make this work, but it's, it's great to be here. Uh, my name is Jordan Canlish. I'm a men's and relationship coach. Uh, who I am is an individual that takes a stand for freedom of expression, uh, going after a big game in life, just playing the biggest game possible because I was playing a small game for a while. I was an accountant. I worked at a bigger corporate accounting company and I realized that I was playing small and it like was eating me away from the inside and actually got me angry. It's like, how did I allow myself to settle for mediocrity? Uh, so that kind of propelled me forward into the space of personal development, transformation, and now run men's retreats, run men's programs, and have been a coach for the last uh, five years. What an introduction. Amazing. And I can't wait to get into all of that. We, it's so funny because I just made myself a cacao and I remember we actually met at a cacao collective photo shoot. So that's kind of full circle for both of us. Yes, but I remember I followed you on TikTok for a few months before that. So why don't you explain the process of how you actually got to where you are on social media? Because Jordan has an amazing, huge following. He shares such good quality content. I think that's one thing that I've noticed with you as a content creator. As business owners, we are content creators as well. So I want you to kind of explain how did you get from having basically no followers to what have you got amassed across TikTok and Instagram? Like two is roughly like 240 on TikTok and 160 on Instagram. So whatever amazing. The, whatever the on that. Yeah. Amazing. So how did you get there? What was your first video? Oh, the first video was a special one for me because uh, it was completely unexpected and the meaning and the I believe there was something far greater than me that determined that this video needed to go viral. Uh, it was after I decided, I just decided one day that I'm going to give this TikTok thing a crack. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to make content every single day and play like a three-month game and just know that I'm not looking at numbers. I'm just doing this to expand my capacity to create and express. And about 40, 45, two months, two months in, uh, my videos were not really doing anything. And I remember one day going to a bookstore and picking up this book called Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss, who, which I'd read that book before exactly about a year ago to the day that my good friend uh, passed away in a motorbike crash all of a sudden. And the last thing he said to me essentially was, hey, you should read this book. Like, I really want you to check it out. Uh, and when he passed away, that was kind of the first book that I opened and read and like received literally like messages from beyond the grave about afterlife, the spirit world and all of that. And then one year later, my granddad passed away and I was like, okay, I'm going to read this book again. <laughs> and then I just decided to pull out my camera that afternoon and tell the story of why this book was really significant to me. And I just told the story of my friend passing away and the messages or the lessons that I took from his passing in that book. And I shared it, put my phone away and I woke up the next day with like 20,000 new followers and the video hit like 1.4 million views. And my inbox was full of messages mm. with people saying, thank you so much wow, this, this impacted me. I just lost my son. I just lost my child. Um, like all these messages. And I was like, whoa, okay. That's my friend, Nathan, impacting people through me beyond the grave. This is his life uh, leaving ripples through me. And it was a really fulfilling moment to know that, okay, cool. Like I just, I was of service to the world and his message lives on essentially. 
That's incredible. I also have goosebumps listening to that. And that is the first video that I ever saw of you. And I think it's such a, it's, it's uh, pinned on your TikTok just for reference to the listeners, right? Yeah. So definitely yeah. go watch that video if you haven't. I'm sure you've probably, especially if you're Australia based, um, you've probably seen Jordan's things. But from there, now you said two months prior, you were trying to be consistent. Nothing was happening. What do you believe was the difference between sharing that and that really popping off and people resonating and connecting with that in comparison to the content you were sharing prior to that? Mm. Yeah, obviously I was running my coaching business, right? And I was making content from the place of trying to get clients or trying mm. to grow my business. And when I was like, okay, I'm just going to make content with the intention of trying to become a better creator. It was it, the goal was not to get clients. The goal was not to make money, uh, even though that would have been that was an awesome byproduct of going viral and growing a page. The main intention was to expand my ability to channel, to create, to express, to receive inspiration, and that was my main priority every single day. It's just like, okay, what can I channel today? What can I create? What can I express? Uh, so the intention behind it was probably the most important part. And I say that for anyone who's making content is like, what are your intentions? Like, why are you doing it? Because it was to get money, to get clients, even to grow a big following, then the intention is kind of wrong. You mm. know, if you have an inner intention of trying to expand, then what ends up happening is you produce more value because you're accessing something greater uh, that just gets, that gets bigger. You know what I mean? And then the mm. byproduct is, is the result. Which And at the end of the day, the result shouldn't really change how you're feeling because that's just a bonus because you got to do it from that place of like fun and play and expression and joy. And that's what I was trying to tap into every day and, and it worked. Absolutely. There's so many things I want to get to into what you just said. So let's pause that because I want to go back before you start on social media. So you were an accountant. What yeah. made you make the switch or go, this isn't for me. I want to work for myself or I want to start a business or I want to help men or I want to help relationships. What was the point there? Let's zoom out a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. The, well, the, the, the first point was just not wanting to settle, not wanting to settle for mediocrity, not willing to, to play small. And even though what seemed like my, on the surface didn't seem like I was playing small, I had a job with Deloitte, one of the best accounting firms, graduate role and a pathway to probably making 200K a year plus as a, you know, in the financial financial services industry. Everyone was like, dude, you've got it. Nice. You nailed it. Like, that's perfect. People were envying my position. But internally, I was going to work every day going, this is boring as fuck. I'm not even like stretching myself. I'm just doing tax returns and it was, it, I felt like I was like sacrificing my earlier 20s if I had stayed there, sacrificing mm. my soul in a sense. And that got me angry. It, I, I was dissatisfied with like where I was at. Uh, so all I wanted to do at that time, which I'm sure a lot of young 20 year olds in Australia want to do is just travel. I just want to go and explore the world. I just come back from exchange where I lived in Canada and I wanted to keep going. I wanted to keep exploring. So that was my main intention is like, I just want to travel. How do I figure out this online business game where I can make money online and work and explore? It wasn't until I'd actually took the leap and quit my job and went back to Canada and pursued work that was more meaning and fulfilling to me that the coaching pathway had opened up. That was kind of never my plan. It was just a direction that I got pulled. And then after I became a coach and I was like supporting mainly women at the start, to be honest, mm -hmm. I was just coaching a lot of women, 90% women, because, you know, as a younger man, I think, you know, men aren't necessarily as open to receiving coaching from a younger, a younger guy, mm -hmm. uh, but a couple of years ago, you know, as I moved into my late 20s, I just noticed more and more men coming into my space. Uh, I noticed that there's a real need for, for men to, you know, have these spaces where they can get support from other men, right? Uh, and then I just leaned more into men's work and realized that, hey, there's, there's something here. Like, there's something I can bring to this, given that I have a sporting background. Mm. You know, I'd like to consider myself a bit of a bridge for guys to step into this work and go, you know what, this is, this is actually fucking cool. It's cool to do this work and hang out with conscious individuals. And it's mm. kind of lame to go and get drunk and get and party on the weekends and fuck your health up. Like mm. we all did it, but like now I'm like, I'd never do that. This is not cool. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. do that. Wouldn't hang out with people who do that, you know? So I'm just trying to shift the, just trying to shift the, the cultural norms, especially mm. in Australia. Like we, we want to make personal development cool. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Let's go back to the leap though. So you quit your job and you started this leap of coaching. 
most people listening to this go, okay, that's really cool. So did you have X amount of savings or were your parents supporting you or how did you make that leap? Because I think that a lot of people will listen to that and go, actually, I fucking hate my job. It's soul sucking. I want to do something else. I want to be my own boss or I want to travel freely or I want to have more time for my family or my kids. But I can't just do that. The, the word, the phrase, they can't just do that. So you must have savings. You must have had someone supporting mm. you. So someone who's listening and they have these limiting beliefs coming up, what is your response to that? What did you do? And the fear that came up from there, because I'm sure I experienced when I quit my job as well, the fear does come up. So it's a very real thing. But how did you move through that? How did you have faith mm. in the process? Yeah, I didn't have a lot of savings, to be honest. I had enough uh, that could kind of, like allowed me to live and sustain myself for at least a few months when I was out in Canada looking for another job. Uh, but the realization I had that, which I knew I was ready to leave was because I had reached a point where I was, I was okay with my position. I had fully accepted the fact that, okay, I work as an accountant. I go to this job and what had ended up changing is when I let go of the resistance and I was deep into Eckhart Tolle at the time, I went and seen him live and I was just listening to his books all the time. He helped me really accept the fact that like nothing, nothing internal will change. If you think, if you think changing your external environment is going to shift how you feel internally, then you, you, you kind of, you're caught in the illusion. And it starts with an internal surrender to what is, which is like, okay, this is my position right now. This is what I'm doing. And can I find the life underneath my life situation? Can I find presence and joy and acceptance and just peace here? And I did. I like made some best friends, like some amazing friends. I was actually enjoying my life. Mm. And that's when I knew it was time. I was like, you know what? Now I'm, I'm good to go because I've discovered or I've unlocked the lesson that this phase was teaching me. So that's how I navigated through the fear because I just knew as long as now that I've tapped into this, I can go anywhere and do anything and I'll be sweet. I'll find peace within mm -hmm. myself. Uh, and I know, I know that might just be just words to some people, but until you viscerally experience it in your body that I, I have everything, I am enough. This moment is all that I ever need. There's an infinite amount of abundance around me. Once you tap into that, you then go, okay, sweet. Like, how can I play? What can I do? What do I want to do to have fun? Where do I want to go? What do I want to experience? And then you just start playing in life because you know it doesn't really matter that much. Nothing is as serious as it seems. So I think that's the secret to overcoming fear. Totally agree. I think there's a big element there of trusting yourself as well. And I think what I've seen with the women I work with, I'm sure with the, the men and the women that you've worked with, is there is such a disconnect between what they want to do and their, their levels of self-trust. So for the people listening and, you know, they're starting to get a little bit of inspired from this conversation and I know the conversations I have is like, I just don't trust myself. I don't trust myself to take the leap. I don't trust myself to be consistent in starting a business or going, even if it's, you know, people are listening and they want to go to a new career. If that's, that fulfills you, amazing. So what would you say to them? They say, I just, I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself to stick with it. Mm. You're putting your trust in the wrong self. Mm. There's Absolutely. like two selves. Yeah, there's the cap there's the small S self and then there's the capital S self. Mm. And if you can start trusting the capital S self and, and learn how to surrender to that part, then you'll realize that you've you've you're held always. You can never fail. You you always it's literally the capital S self has wreaked life in your favor. And the the test is why we come down into earth, I believe, is to discover what is it that we're here to learn in this human experience and trust the the nudges, the pulls mm, that mm. the subconscious, God, capital S self, capital I is directing us. And it, it, the pull will be subtle. And our primary, number one priority, in my opinion, is to just listen. Where is this larger I taking me? Mm. And it will start as a whisper and then it turns into like a big push. And if you're like, you're the, if the big self is like, hey, you need to quit your job and go over here but you're like, fuck, I'm scared. I don't know. Like, I don't have enough money right now, but you're just being pulled over here. Do Are you ballsy enough to just trust it and go and just trust? Because this is how you build trust, right? You just keep acting on these intuitive pulls. And then you start realizing every time I act on this, I'm taken care of. Mm. The amount of times that I just got given money showed up or something happened that like kept me going on my journey when I really thought it wasn't going to make it through. It just builds the 
the muscle of trust. I feel like trust is a muscle that you got to like work on by just taking scary action, you know, aligned action, you know, aligned action. That's what I was going to say. I think taking the aligned actions, those nudges, those pulls is following that. And that's really how you build self-trust. And I think a lot of people in today's, I kind of want to touch on what you said earlier of, you know, what societal norm. I, I think this is a conversation that is opening up. The bigger question is to all of the listeners, what is the societal norm to you that you are just following and you aren't even questioning why do I have this belief? Why am I living this way? And I think a lot of people choose, for me, the societal way, I think it's the easy way. I think it's the way that we we don't have to think, we don't have to switch on, we don't have to use our brain or our intuition. But for a lot of people, it's it's not the easier way in the sense of, for me, it wasn't the easier way because it felt harder to stay in something that felt like I had this huge disconnect from my life. And Mm. when I quit my job as a fitness manager and I moved to Bali, I had basically no savings. I took the leap and I really resonate with what you're saying. It's because you feel inside of you there, there's a bigger purpose. You're meant for so much more. Now, I wanted to bring up purpose and go into that because I'm sure you have many conversations with your clients around purpose and, and finding that and For everyone listening, they say, this is incredible. I do want to take a leap. I want to take some form of leap. I want to do something more with my life because I'm bored. I'm over it. I am not getting the money I think I deserve and desire. I'm not attracting the relationships that I deserve and desire. Where that that feeling of purpose or searching for your purpose, what are your thoughts around that? What are things that you share with your clients? Hmm similar to what I kind of just alluded to before, which is at my corporate job, I had to find my primary purpose before I could discover my secondary purpose. And and the primary and purpose is, is an internal state of being. And the secondary purpose is what do you then do or express or bring into the world once you've discovered that internal state of being. And in my opinion, our primary purpose is to cultivate a state of being that is imbued with gratitude, joy, acceptance, love, Mm. appreciation, fulfillment. And this state of being can be created regardless of your external circumstances. I think if you make that your number one purpose, my number one purpose today is to create a beautiful state of being. Mm. And if you just made that your number one priority every single day, I promise you, you will discover yes, this is the thing that I'm here to do in this world. This is the thing that lights me up the most. This is the thing that I want to share with the world. It will figure itself out, but Mm. you'll just be always chasing something until you unlock and realize you have everything you need right now in this moment. So what do you need to let go of? Mm. What do you need to do to start to access this this frequency of love and bring Mm. it into everything that you do? Even if you're an accountant, even if you, you you work in a fitness studio and you hate it, how can I bring love into this? Uh, that's the first step. And that's everyone's purpose. First purpose, in my opinion. Mm, I absolutely agree. And I think doing things with love, doing things with gratitude and appreciation is, first of all, it's such a beautiful vibration. But I think, you know, I, I always grow up and my mom would would tell me, like, don't do something if you're not doing it with love. And it's something that's always embedded with me. I share it with my partner. I share it with my friends. And I think Whatever you are doing, do it with love, but also know that you can expand yourself from that spot. It doesn't have to be the be all or end all. And I think that a lot of people listening to this may have the fears coming up, you know, the fear of failure or the fear of judgment, fear of success as well. And I guess when we tap into our fears and we let them override us, it's this feeling of you feel so far from what you're really wanting to do. And I see a lot of people and women who come and work with me who are so stuck in their fears. And I would love to hear your your perception of fears and and working through fear of failure. Let's say I I know a lot of people go, I want to start this. I have this huge fear of failure. In the moments that, because I'm sure that you still have fears that pop up, I still have fears that pop up. What are the ways that you neutralize that? What are the way that you come to terms with those fears? Hmm. Well, knowing that, especially in business, because I feel business has been such a great teacher for me because there's mm. always like this fear of like, oh, what if this launch doesn't do very well? Or what if no mm. one likes that piece of content? What if I run out of money? Like there's mm. these fears that run in the background, right? And w- what helps me is realizing that 
everything that I'm afraid of, if it's meant to happen or if it does happen, it was meant to happen because it's trying to life or God is trying to reveal to me mm-hmm. an area where I, I have to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no, it sounds a little bit like trite. Like everyone kind of says that in the personal development space, right? But it's, it's just sort of remembering. And I think if you've made enough mistakes or faced enough fears, I think that's it. If you've faced enough of your own internal fears and you've got through them, you've realized that on the other side of it was a tremendous up level, a tremendous mm-hmm. upgrade of like, oh, wow, holy shit. Now look what I can access. And that's how I see it. It's like, I just now identify these fears. I go, if there's something that I'm generally afraid of, like that's where I got to go. Cause there's, mm. that's where I stretch my edge and expand my capacity. So I used to be afraid of doing Instagram lives, but now I do the, I'm doing them for the last six years. Now mm. like they're a piece of cake. I used to be afraid of public speaking. I speak, I've now spoke at co- speaking competitions because I was terrified of them. Now I love it. Get me in front of a stage. I'll, mm. I'll, I'll be in my zone. So it's just find the thing. Like last week I went and did improv comedy, uh, improv acting right first time Amazing. i did a class yeah because i was to, like scared i was like holy shit like this is a bit of an edge for me i, I don't know if i'm going to be any good at this uh, but i loved it i was like got out of my comfort zone this unlocked something in me so i would say think about the fears and then just if you're brave enough go in pursuit of them go and do something that's going to put you right in front of that fear because mm. that's how you realize that you, you got it there's like <laughs> that's that's what you're here to learn Absolutely. And I agree with that. I think face the fear, do what the scary thing is. I really, really resonate with the Instagram lives. The first time I ever went live, it took me like an hour to press the button to start. I was sweating. I was so nervous. Now I prefer it because I can keep speaking. I don't have to keep stopping and starting like my story. And so it's so funny that you said that because I'm like, yeah, I'd just rather go live. It's so much easier for me, but that wouldn't have happened unless I just started that one and then I tried again and was my first Instagram like it's archived now so I can't even look at it but was it probably the shittiest live ever yeah probably but that's Mm -hmm. the thing and I I think like I want to go to the business and kind of now we've zoomed out I want to zoom back in again with starting your business and the momentum the immense momentum that you have and I know that you are solely men's coach as well but I I definitely learn all the time my partner follows you like I I absolutely love your content and I and I think how have you it's your zone of genius how have you found your way to transmute a very at from what can be seen to other people a very polarized message with some of the things that you share into something that has built such an amazing community with such a great message that teaches so much. Mm, wow. Well, thank you for that reflection. That, that means a lot. And yeah, I'm just really happy that it's being received well, but not everyone receives it well. You know, mm. I still get comments from people who just like don't like what I'm sharing or think it's gay or think it's mm. lame. Like <laughs> that's cool. Like I just know where they're at. I know where someone's consciousness yeah. is at based on the comments they put on my shit. So but I've learned to just be fully acceptance in acceptance of that. Uh, and, you know, to answer your question, I, I feel like it's just, just clarifying myself more and more. You know, mm. I can only speak from a place of known experience. If I'm trying to regurgitate something out of a book without me actually putting it to the test and practicing it and, and really understanding within myself, is this true to me? Uh, I can't speak on it. Uh, and if I do try and speak on it, it just lacks that depth of of quality. So for me, it's like just trying to really deepen my understanding of relationships myself, like how I choose to operate in this world, what it means to be embodied as a man. Uh, and then I just trying to like ground it into practicality so that people can apply it or put it to put it to use in their life. And I guess I, I always overlook um you know the potential value that can come from that because I'm like, oh man, is anyone really gonna get value from this or are people actually getting value for my content? Because to me, it, it it seems very simple. To me, I'm like, mm. I don't know if I should be sharing this. It seems too basic. Uh, but my girlfriend's always like, no, no, like you got to like dumb it down for people. Make it simple. Like, you know, and it's just, I'm always reminded. Like, that's why I really appreciate you sharing that. I'm always reminded of like, it's important. Like this work is having an impact on people. And yeah, it's good to get that reassurance that there are people receiving value on the other side, you know? Absolutely. Your content is amazing. Keep doing it. And I think you 
you create it in such a way that's engaging, that's interactive and easily understood. But I understand what you mean with the content. Sometimes it's like, this is so simple. Why don't people know this? I feel like that when I create as well. But I always come back to the, the fact that people don't know this stuff. People aren't aware. Yeah. And, you know, I sometimes get comments and it's, it's funny because I'm like, that just shows their level of consciousness. And I think at the start, and I would love to hear your experience, at the start of really showing up consistently on Instagram and on TikTok, I think I would get triggered because I'd be like this I feel this is so good and helping now I'm like this is a level of consciousness but you with such an amassed following does that now drive you more did you ever have a period where you felt like okay I don't want to shop or I don't want to speak about that particular topic or because I know especially with the polarity of masculine and feminine energy right I think you do it in such a a way that serves both energetics I think that I've definitely seen very polarized content as there is out on the internet mm. so I think for you what happens to you when you see a hate comment maybe more so in the early days especially if someone's trying to build their following they're listening now and they're like okay I'm shit scared of putting out content having a bit of a different opinion and trolls or haters are going to comment yeah yeah it's, it's a great learning lesson it's a great I highly recommend it. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> get get cancelled on social media. It's a great yeah. <laughs> lesson. Yeah, I've had days where I like woke up and I'm like three thousand followers less and shit like that. And mm. you know, it's very triggering because you're like because oh, you think it's about you. It's like oh, people don't like me. I like then uh, you know, oh fuck, I don't want people to talk shit about me. It's the triggers that a lot of those childhood wounds. Um, and I and I get to receive that lesson, which is hey, like regulate myself, regulate my nervous system, come back realize that, Hey, every, I'm safe in this moment. I am worthy of love. You know, this has nothing to do with my identity just because someone didn't like my video. And then I actually like to go on there and read the comments and go, Hmm, how can I take on this person's perspective? And, and mm. maybe someone's like, yeah, fuck, you know what? You're right. Like the way I shared that left out a lot of context and I can see why that would trigger people. Cool. How can I make it better next time? How can I learn from that and be like, you know what, uh, you know, speaking out about these topics is probably not a good thing to do in a 15 second video. Cause it's just, there's a lot of ambiguity that can upset people. So I've learned a lot about making short form videos on these topics and that one word can determine the difference between you getting canceled or not. And just being very selective and precise with my words and also acknowledging that everyone has a different background. And I may say something that to me feels like totally like I'm just trying to pass on a message, but someone may have had a past where, I, you know, they went through something very traumatic or something had happened to them where what I said may, may be, may sound insensitive. So there's, there's a lot of different things that I have to like take into account, or I'd suggest people take into account when you start making content is like, everyone's different. Everyone's going to have different perspectives and backgrounds, but as long, again, as long as you're coming from the place of like, Hey, I'm just doing this to be of service to the world. I think you'll always, you'll always find the way you'll always find the, the, the unique form of expression. That's perfect. You know? Absolutely. And I want to loop it back to what you said at the start, when you started creating content to build your business, but with the, the purpose of just sharing and educating and not just, okay, I'm making this piece of content. So hopefully it gets X amount of leads and I'm going to make X amount of dollars that can be very hard in business. And this is something I've experienced. And I do also agree, like the, the pieces of content where I put my heart into it and I'm like, I just want to share this because I think this is fucking great. Uh, mm. The content doesn't necessarily mean it goes viral or it's the best, but it's what resonates with most people. It's what attracts the people that I want to work with. However, I completely understand if people listening and they're like, well, that's all well and good, Jordan. Like you have this big following, you have money x amount of money or you can attract the leads that you need to attract how do i not create for my business content from a scarcity mindset mm. yeah yeah <laughs> it goes back to the trust thing right like how yeah. how deeply do you trust that if you are working from a place of alignment and inspiration that god will always take care of you and that's what i love about business and entrepreneurship especially as a coach most of the time you don't know when you know, your next client's going to come from. And there's many times I was like, holy shit, I, you know, hurry up, God. Like um, I need to pay rent soon. And, mm -hmm. you know, and can I still create from abundance during this time? And and that is why we do this. That is what you sign up for when you go into entrepreneurship and, and working in an online business. If you're not ready to confront that, then go back to the corporate job or go back mm -hmm. to the secure paycheck. 
So that's the actual test is like, cool, I get it. I get it. There's scarcity. I get it. We're afraid of not being able to pay rent, put food on the table. But can you sit with that fear and look it right in the face and be like, I love you. Like, I see you. Cool. We don't have to do anything right now. I'm going to sit with this fear for as long as I need to. If you have to take a day off and just sit and allow the fear to just like purge out of your body, to just like dissolve out of your body by you just being in it. On the other side will be a new level of consciousness where you will create something that someone will receive and someone will go like, hey, I want to work with you. Or, hey, there's an opportunity that pops up. So, yeah, I would say sit with it <laughs> sit with yeah. it don't don't try and push through the scarcity in in my opinion I agree I think I've been having a lot of conversations this year with online coaches who have been in it for a long time and I think there's a I'm sure that you've noticed been a big shift in social media everyone wants to be a coach but I think with this type of work you have to love it you have to not just love sharing the the concepts you love to learn about, but you have to love business. You have to love entrepreneurship and it's fucking hard. Is it very, mm. very rewarding? Absolutely. It's one of the most rewarding things that I've ever experienced in my life so far. But I think there is a big overflow of coaches and there's room for everyone. This isn't a scarcity thing, but I think people are doing it because they're like, all right, I can make money online. Let's do it but they fall off because they don't really love it. They're not really connected to it. And so something I've definitely observed this year is in the times, especially over the past few years where I've had a breakdown, I'm sure you've had many breakdowns, every entrepreneur I speak to, it's like, what would I rather do? Go back and manage a gym. And I go, fuck no. What am Mm -hmm. I going to do? And I think this is a fear thing too, where a lot of people kind of get in there. Entrepreneurship's not for everyone, but I think a lot of people, you really need to connect. Do you love this? Do you love what you're doing? And that's the difference. And I'm sure you resonate in the the times where you're really down or it's like, how am I going to pay rent? How am I going to do this? It's like, all right, the mindset shift. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this for me is what am I going to do to make this work because it's something I love so much. Do you resonate with that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's definitely not caught up everyone. And Mm. if you're going into this thinking, if you go into entrepreneurship thinking, I just want the lifestyle, I'm doing this because I I just want to travel and chill and, you know, work from my laptop wherever, then you get, you get smacked pretty quickly because yeah, you realize uh, pretty fast when you're in Bali sitting on a beach and you run out of money that, Oh fuck. Like if I'm, if I'm stressed and anxious at home, that stress and anxiety comes with me no matter where Mm. I go in the world until I learn how to kind of, cope with that or, or move through that. So the mindset for me is I just want to keep stretching. Like the reason, mm. again, why we do this is because we're trying to expand. It's built into our DNA as souls or spirits. Like we're, we're expanding. The universe is expanding. So the question is what direction is the universe expanding you? And it may not be in the direction of business. Maybe it's like, Hey, it's trying to expand you to be an artist to like refine your ability to sing and cool, go work the, the job that you have to do until you get to do what you want to do and, and be mm. full-time in the art. But just knowing, I think it's just understanding your path and everyone's path is different. And it's so easy to compare with someone else's path online and they see someone else like making lots of money and having big followers and going, oh, that's what I need to do. But mm. maybe it's not, maybe it's not. Like, I think it's a bit of a trap. You have to be careful because the comparison game is strong, especially in the in the coaching space from what I've seen. Oh. 110% and seeing someone else's lifestyle. And yeah, there are a lot of coaches who share this amazing lifestyle, but at the end of the day, running a business takes time and energy. It's a lot. Entrepreneurship, you have to have a different wire DNA in you, you know, because sometimes I, I look at them like, fuck, can't believe my soul chose this life. But then on the other the other end, the polarity of it, I'm like, I love it. I can't, I can't mm-hmm. imagine not doing anything else. Um, I want to shift gears. Speaking of polarity, I want to shift gears a little bit. So I know that you speak a lot about polarity when it comes to men and women and relationships and you share that. I love the topic. I love speaking about it. For everyone listening and they have no idea what I'm talking about, can you please share with the listeners what is polarity in a male-female relationship dynamic? Mm. I feel put simply, it's just the spark. Mm. it's just the the spark that creates attraction and sometimes you don't even know why you're just like i'm really fucking attracted to this person something about him or her their energy even just the way they fucking stand i find Mm. it attractive what is it 
it's it's an energetic spark that is happening based on where they're choosing to reside within their own being and where you're choosing to reside in your own being. And polarity is is the positive and the negative, right? The masculine and the feminine, the yin and the yang. And what you, what happens is like you're just compatible with some people and some people you're not. And it's not right or wrong, right? You know, like as you start mm. to tune into yourself, you start to know, okay, this is where I naturally reside more in my being. Maybe I reside a little bit more masculine. And again, a man can still reside more in his feminine. And just because he's a man doesn't mean he's like primarily masculine. There's a lot of feminine men out there, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like finding your natural set point, not really trying to go in pursuit of being more masculine because that's what it's meant to be, to be successful in business. Like, well, no, like maybe you can still operate from your place of balance and harmony, whatever that looks like. But then when you bring it into relationship, it's just the like, it's just the intimacy. It's just the, 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 the connection. You know, that's, I, f- I feel like that's the, I can keep going, but that's the simplest way that mm. I, it shows up in my life, you know? No, I love that. And a lot of the women I work with who are in relationships or even dating, trying to date, they are more masculine. I wouldn't even say for myself, I definitely have more of a masculine energy. So for the women, actually, let's do both. I know I do have male listeners as well. What would you say are some of the imbalances you see in relationships for male and female? Like for a woman, if she's too much in a masculine, what would that look like? If a man is too much in their feminine when they're in a relationship, what would that look like? What's that imbalance? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, I've seen both, like I've obviously coached both and it's very clear and evident when an imbalance is there because I've been imbalanced so many fucking times. Mm -hmm. So has my my girlfriend, Uh, but knowing the signs can really help. I think collectively, we're all in an imbalance. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Collectively, we're all trying to do too much and we're in the, we're in a a yang imbalance, a masculine imbalance, which is you go out to America, it's, it's, it's imbalanced into go, 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 like create, build, like, and, and everyone's burning out. Everyone's got a little bit overwhelmed. Everyone's a little bit anxious. And Mm. that's a sign, right? If you're feeling any of that, that's a sign you're, you're probably running a million miles an hour and you just need to pause and just relax a little bit and just stop and give yourself permission to stop. So the, the signs in a, in a woman or in a relationship for a woman is like, maybe she, she's spending a lot of time in her head. She's lost touch with her sensuality, sensuality, the, the, the uh, nurturing qualities of, of what women bring. Uh, maybe she's lost touch with pleasure in her life. And maybe she's like always trying to like work and in her head. And she's lost those creative outlets that really bring her alive in her body. She's lost feeling. That's another big thing for men and women. When you lose the sense of feeling and tuning into life, the subtlety of life, you're too masculine. You're too in your head, right? Um, Masculine doesn't necessarily mean like you're in your head, to be honest. It's a sign of like you are imbalanced. It's just spending too much time in your head, plain and simple. For the men, uh, like being too in their feminine would be being like a little bit uh, passive, right? They're kind of just going with the flow, uh, and, and maybe their partner is like a, a boss babe and she's like running the ship and they're just like, where should we go tonight, babe? Or like, what should we do tomorrow? Or, you know, ha- let me know when you want to hang out. Like he's not taking charge. Mm-hmm. He's not bringing that leadership quality into his life. And like, I really speak to this because it's something I've always been working on in my life, which is be more of a leader. I was like a little bit passive early on in my relationship with my girlfriend and it, and it, and it, it fucked with the polarity a little bit at times. So it, as a man, it's like having the courage to like, stand in your fears face your fears and then bring that into the relationship which is like hey i I got this because i got me like i can take care of you because i can take care of me Mm. and um when a man can bring that it's it really gives permission to his woman to just like let go and feel safe in her emotions or feel safe in her expression and a lot of women are yearning for that i i know they i know um because i work with a lot of men who are wanting to step into that um but yeah I'll, i'll leave it at that I love that. Okay. First thing, men, if they're listening to this and they go, how do I step into that, but not be controlling? I think, and I've had conversations where men feel the masculine energy is like, all right, so I control everything. I tell her what to do, or I direct this. What What's the, 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 there can be a fine line there. So what would you say to the men, first of all, who are listening and they think it's more of a controlling element? Mm. It depends on the energy behind it, right? If yeah. if it's coming from fear, then yeah, you probably are controlling and that probably yeah. is unattractive and fucking up the polarity. Mm. But if it's coming from love, 
and you bring a playfulness into mm. the controlling or the the leadership just call it leadership you bring playfulness and fun into it by saying like like maybe you see your girl at working too much and you're like hey you know what like let's wrap it let's wrap it mm. let's go and play and you just pick her up and you're gonna take her somewhere or you just pick her up and just start dancing or you start fucking around and it's coming from love and even though she feels really stressed and up uptight she can feel your energy of like hey i'm here like we're good like whatever you're worried about it's going to be fine like we're going to figure it out mm-hmm. um and just giving her that permission to just like oh like just sigh and relax um if a man is is too in his head uh and he's too stressed then he usually falls into his feminine energy where he's not present He's kind of just asleep at the wheel. He's on his phone. He's numbing himself out. And then he can't actually see what his girl needs emotionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when the controlling stuff comes in because he's just acting from a place of unconsciousness. And the unconsciousness mm-hmm. is fear. And he might start bossing her around or reacting. And yeah, that's where it comes to like, oh, no, I'm just being a fucking man. No, you're not. You're, mm-hmm. you're, just, being, you're just being like immature, right? So there's, that's the line in my opinion. Mm, absolutely. I remember seeing a story of yours. This, I, it was sometime this year, maybe like a few months ago. And you, on your story, you said, I have been so in my masculine for the past few weeks. I'm going to do some things to tap into my feminine. I think you were doing like an ice bath and then you were doing some form of yoga or something like that. So for men listening, how do they know? Because I think that is such, especially in this day and age, that is in such a empowered thing that you can do and and for you being in a relationship as well. But how did you know, okay, I'm operating in my masculine, but it's actually a bit too much right now. I need to bring in some feminine energy. And I know that a lot of males, especially if they're listening and maybe they don't understand these concepts to the fullest, they're like, well, why the fuck are you bringing in feminine energy? Didn't you just say? Yeah. So how do you distinguish that? For me, it's been understanding the nervous system and mm-hmm. knowing that you're pulling, we're pulling two levers all the time. You know, you could say masculine and feminine, but you can associate that with the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic. Sympathetic is where you're activating, you're charging up, you're stimulating, right? And and that energy you could relate with jumping in an ice bath, doing a really hard workout, drinking coffee, working on something that's really important, channeling your focus, right? Into something you're charging yourself up. And what happens is the imbalance is created because a lot of us have a tendency, me included, to be overly reliant on like just jacking up our nervous systems. Like, cool. Like I just want to jump in the ice bath. Like I, I, I'm just super aware of that tendency within myself because it traces all the way back to uh, traumatic experiences growing up where our nervous system then becomes familiar with the state of activation with fight or flight. So we unconsciously seek things that trigger that because it's familiar, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a whole inner child thing. And it's, it's all based around not feeling safe in the parasympathetic nervous system, which is feel, right? So the minute you can grasp that and realize that the reason why you're burnt out and overstimulated and too in your head and too masculine is because you don't feel safe feeling. And that's why you avoid all the things that would activate parasympathetic, which is just chill, just be, just meditate, just do yin yoga, just mm. sit and sit on the beach, just relax, just sit in nature, just do nothing. That brings up all these feelings of like, oh, like I'm not doing enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not, I'm not good enough. All the thoughts, right? Because it's bringing up the feelings of like, oh, like, fuck, I'm like tired or I'm, I'm not, it's, it's the heaviness that's in the body that we, we, we don't like. So for me, it was the nervous system. And I just know that when I'm trying to do too much, it's usually a sign I'm like maybe running away from some feeling that I don't want to face. Mm, I love that. Does that make and sense? I, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the the big theme there is for people, for yeah, men or women to understand what's the feeling you're trying to run away from. It's just like procrastination. What is that? It's just a dysregulation in the body. We don't want to feel something. So we do something else to avoid that. And I think that's a good reminder for everyone. The second question that I had for you was for women who are in a relationship and they're more masculine energy based, what will you say to them if they, they're listening? They're like, I've been doing this work. I try allow my man to lead or I try allow him to, you know, take control or whatever it may be, but I just can't do it. So what does that often look like nagging or, or trying to control themselves or planning or being passive aggressive? What would you say for the women who are experiencing that to try to do mm. in that situation or the conversations to have? Yeah, it's a good one. It's a great question because... 
yeah, I hear this a lot. I see it a lot in the comments on some of my videos. It's just mm. like, how do I, how do I help my man? Kind of like during these times, right? And the first thing would be if you're not feeling the support or the the leadership from your man is really communicating to him how that's making you feel. And you could, you know, observe something. Maybe there's something that he's doing or not doing that you can bring his awareness to and just say like, Hey, look, like I've, I've noticed when you do this thing, I just feel really disconnected. I feel really like anxious. So I, I, I feel, I notice a feeling of X, Y, Z come up. And then you can say to him that like, Hey, I have this need. Like I really need you to just, take a bit more leadership. I really need you to plan more dates. I really need you to just like, you know, take care of me a little bit more when I'm feeling down. Right. And it's a need. We can all have these needs that we can express in relationships. It's, it's, it's perfectly okay to express that. And then you want to end it with some sort of ask, some sort of invitation, some sort of request from him. And if you come at it like that, where it's like not nagging, it's not telling him what to do. You're just saying, Hey, this is what I'm noticing. This is what's coming up. And it's what I'm feeling in my body. I have this need are you able to meet it? Are you are you willing to help meet this need for me? Because it's really important and I fucking love you and I want this relationship to work. Mm. And you get his buy-in. You go, if you get his like word, like, yes, yes, babe, I'm going to, I see you, fuck it. Most of the time, he doesn't even see it. Yeah. And that's why we have to be compassionate because most men are just like, they're not aware of these things. Mm. Um, so when you bring awareness to them, most men are like, holy shit, yes, okay, yes, 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 yes. I want to work on this because they care. Uh, you know, most men really do care. Um, but then if the changes don't happen, if you have the conversation, they give their word and the changes aren't happening and he's not in integrity, then that's when you get to like really consider how many chances you want to give him. Like mm. you got to like draw the line at some point, right? Okay. I love that you brought that up. If someone, if a woman's listening and she goes, well, okay, I've tried this. It's been months or it's been years but I don't want to let go because I believe, and I've heard this before, I've heard this in my friends because he's a good guy. He doesn't particularly do anything wrong. We don't have these big fighting matches. It's, it's you know, everything else mm. apart from that is safe. What would you say to someone then? It was mm. like, I've tried, but it's not particularly bad. I don't want to end it. I would challenge like what they what they mean by try. I would mm. be like, have you really tried? Like, have you really come at it from that tonality of like, hey, baby, like this is what I'm experiencing and I want I want your support? Or is it coming from the naggingness? If the naggingness is in there, the, the man's going to just want to like not listen and do the opposite. Mm. So I would really like the, the how you say it is just as important as what you say, probably more important actually. So the, the energy that you're coming from, that that is a lesson. That is a big test and an opportunity in the relationship to develop that ability to tune into what you're feeling and then communicate from a place of consciousness. If they're doing that and they're not getting anywhere, like, and that's the, the, that, that point, if it's after a year and they're just like fed up um, or they have the excuse of like, oh, like he's, he's a good guy. Well, cool. Are you okay with having a mediocre relationship for the rest of your mm. life? Like if you're good with that, then cool. Like just settle because <laughs> that's what you're doing. Um, but if you're not willing to settle, if you know and believe that you're worthy of more, uh, then time to fucking just time to grow some balls literally. And just, just, take a stand for yourself and be like, I'm worthy of more. I won't settle. I won't tolerate this lack of presence in my life. I love um, that. Answer. And sometimes that's what the man needs. Yeah. The man literally may need that. And you, you're cutting him off from something that he needs to grow. Absolutely. And I think, you know, for men or women listening to this roles reverse, it's standing in your worth and what you want to accept. But I agree if that's what you want to settle and that genuinely, this is, you know, what I say to some of my friends who come to mind. I'm like, if that's genuinely what's making you happy and that's what lights you up and aligns with you for a relationship, settle for it. So I love that you said that. I, I love that there was a blunt tone because I think that probably people need to hear that and that's why it comes up. Something I want to ask you, what are the, first of all, how long have you been in your relationship with Amanda for? Ooh, eight years this year amazing yeah. congrats that's great Thanks. what are the biggest biggest I guess struggles that you found when it comes to the polarity or navigating this now adult long-term relationship mm -hmm. yeah the best part about our relationship is, is we've pretty much done it all in terms of every possible scenario that you have to face in a relationship in terms of we've done long distance 
we just haven't done open relationships yet. That's the one thing that I don't think we mm-hmm. will explore. But aside from that, we've done long distance. She's lived with my family. I've lived with her family. We li- we've lived in over like eight different countries. Mm. We've we've really explored it and it's really brought us a lot out of us and brought us close together. For me now, we now run business together. So we've got to the point where like we live together, we've run a business together. Next step obviously is like having kids, right? Having a family, which we're almost ready for. But the the test or the lesson for me has been having my boundaries like i'm I have a tendency to people please i have a tendency to just want to make sure she's happy and i'll just like go along and i i won't like say you know what no like i, I don't want to i can't or like i need to have some time on my own um so i'll often like fall into that trap and when i do that i'm compromising myself and i'm not bringing all of myself to her so for me it's it's all about really knowing what it is that i need so that i can show up fully for her and just being really diligent being really like committed to showing up for myself because showing up for myself is how I show up for her and when I eventually have kids that's how I'm going to show up for my kids as well so mm. I think uh really like nailing these things in now is crucial especially if you don't have kids because mm. it's only going to get harder when when kids are in the mix or maybe that's a false belief I'm going to choose to believe maybe it gets easier Mm, yeah <laughs> i'm sure, I'm I'm sure gonna, parents be like bullshit yeah, yeah. no i i'm gonna choose to believe that as well maybe that's a bit naive i <laughs> so I we need money here we're gonna yeah, make money yeah, we, we're exactly. gonna have nannies you know yep yep. I, I, I want my mom around so my mom's gonna be helping me with the kids and Amen. that's what i'm yep. that's what i'm choosing to, to believe it's gonna yep, it's gonna same. be fun and easy <laughs> yeah I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Um, build build the empire a little bit more, and then yeah, be be at that situation. I do you do you guys regularly check? I would love to hear like have a little bit of insight, and for anyone who's in a long term relationship or maybe they've just started, but do you check in daily with each other? Do you do like a weekly sit down, or how do you navigate? both of your emotions, both of your feelings, the regulation and dysregulation, not only of a relationship, but also as an individual. Mm, Yeah. I feel like we definitely probably should be doing more check-ins. We definitely used to do that a lot, but Mm -hmm. very fortunate that my girlfriend is like very chill and Mm -hmm. we just have a lot of fun. Like we're always having a lot of fun. She brings out a lot of fun and play in me. And I'm really grateful for that. She's not a very emotional, um, you know, she's a bit like you, a bit like go get her. Like she's fucking mm. got the drive. She'll go out there and get shit done. And she, I'm kind of the one that's trying to like soften her and bring yeah. a bit more emotion into the, into her, her being. Um, so, yeah, we have check ins. I, I think we just know now intuitively if something's yeah. off. Like we're like, okay, yeah, we we need to have a chat or we need to just have a night where we it's just us two and we're we're just chatting about what's going on, what's present, what's on our hearts. Majority of the time, we're sweet. Man, mm. We do a lot of things together. We, you know, all, always hanging out with each other. And it's just, she's like my best mate. So it's, it's quite a blessing. I'm really blessed that I've attracted someone into my life like that. And I, you know, it's a part of kind of my personal mission here and on this mm. earth to help other people find that or create it. Cause I think that's what it is. It's like, you've got to create that in your life to have someone who just is your number one fan, your teammate, your lover that is there by your side. And you, you don't want to spend any, you know, you want to spend much time as possible with them. I think that everyone deserves to have that because mm. it's dope. Do you think that you need to do a certain amount of, I mean, we're all obviously always doing the work and working on ourselves, but do you think for you to have attracted her, you needed to be at a certain level of consciousness or you need to needed to know certain things about you? Was there a period of your relationship at the start where you were like, oh, I, don't, I just, I'm not sure if this is actually for me. There was some big lessons that I got at a young age in my first relationship uh, through high school and, and through mm. university where I was like deeply in love, but like as a young man, like young boy, like 15 to 19. Right. Mm. And all of the shit comes up at that age. Cause like you, you're young, you don't know how to navigate that stuff. So a lot of the heartache, the pain, the attachment lessons, the, the development of how to like really just be with myself. I learned at a young age so that when I had finally got over that first relationship, I was a different person. I was so much more secure within myself. I didn't really need anyone to fulfill me. I was just having fun, living my life. And that's when I met Amanda traveling on exchange in Canada, right? Mm -hmm. So you can imagine the internal circumstances of when you cross paths with someone, like they're probably on that same frequency as well. Just like having fun, being themselves. So 
we met at that stage at 21, but then mm-hmm. obviously there's the the working through and refining what it means to be in a relationship as you progress through your 20s and mid to late 20s that yeah if it, it is does require work but if you if you both love you love each other and there's you just keep getting pulled you know that's how we seen it we just like take the next step if we're still wanting to be together right now then cool let's work through this if there's ever a point that you don't want to work through it and you're like you know what, i just don't want to work on this right now i don't want to be in this relationship then you've got to acknowledge that and be like yeah no nah, that's it it's this is this is the end um, but mm-hmm. we've always just wanted to keep showing up for each other because we wanted to make it work. So I think mm-hmm. that's that's foundational, you know, in any relationship. I think that's so important because, you know, I've witnessed a lot of my my relationships still fairly new, um, two years. But I think, you know, as both adults and I've done a lot of the work in, and committed to working together on each other and on the relationship, it's an interesting dynamic that I've witnessed some of my friends who have been in relationships from their early 20s and then they've broken up or even some divorces. But I think for you, it's a testament to number one, the work you do, and obviously the work that Amanda does on herself to go through so many different phases. Because I'm sure that both of you, you know, in all of the eight years and you met at 21, you have become different people and that you've had different seasons. And I really believe that. I remember reading this thing once, or maybe it was a TikTok where an older man, he was about 90 and his wife just passed away. And he said his funeral speech was saying, over the 50 years that we were married, I dated about 25 different women, the same woman, but she had 25 different seasons Mm -hmm. of her. And I loved her in every single season. Yeah. I've got goosebumps from saying that. And I thought that was one of the most powerful things I've heard because I feel that in relationships, this is my belief, we truly grow. We're we're not the same person. We're a different person. We're going to have many different seasons. And I just love your reflection piece and what you guys, yeah, apart from the open relationship, you have been through so many different things. And I think that if you are both, I believe both parties need to be at that level of consciousness. Do you agree? Mm. To want to work on the relationship. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. They have to be at a level of consciousness where they're willing to grow. Yeah, no, yeah. You could say the growth mindset or fixed mindset, you, yeah. whatever you want to call that, you have to be willing to expand yourself and grow. Yeah. Because if not, if one person's willing to do the work and they want to grow and the other doesn't, then you're going to hit a stalemate majority of the mm. time. Absolutely. Thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. I love that. I don't want to end, but I want to end with mm-hmm. a few kind of random questions for you. So my first one, what are you currently reading or listening to at the moment? And what is a favorite book you've read or listened to? Oh, nice. I mean, I'm, I'm, I was like obsessed with personal development. Like I went through a period where I was just consuming so many fucking books and I actually <laughs> went through a period where I was like, I just toned it down a little bit because yeah. like maybe I should just learn through doing now. I just get yep. out there and actually grow a business and shit. Uh, but I'm listening to the uh, the Rick Rubin, uh, reading the Rick Rubin book, The Creative Act, A Way of Being. Mm. Love it. Great. Phenomenal read. He's done a great job of that book. I'm really loving that. Uh, currently listening to, uh, I'm reading that and Cyber Psycho Cybernetics. Oh, me too. Maltz. I'm rereading yeah. it. Oh, there you go. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm rereading nice. it. Such an amazing book. Yeah, yeah. My first time reading it, so it's, it's very insightful. Oh, it's good. It's, insightful. it's one of yeah. those ones, yeah, I read probably once a year. Read or listen to. No shit. Okay, yeah. cool. It, I feel yeah. like different levels of consciousness, you pick up different things and you're like, just like with every book really, but you're like, oh, wow, like this resonates with me now. Big time, big time. That's great. Well, yeah, I might read a bit more of that tonight. You've inspired me. Yeah. Uh, and I'm kind of binging a lot of Famosi stuff right now, to be honest. Uh, same. We're on the same frequency. Like, same. Yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> I'm like determined to crack this business game. I'm like, I'm going to figure this shit out. And that's back to the mindset thing we were talking about before is like, if you treat it like a game, that's how I'm just choosing to treat it. Mm. It's a game. And if shit goes wrong in my business, I'm like, oh, okay, there's a there's a there's a challenge or an opportunity here that I can solve that it's gonna up level me in the game. And it doesn't have to do with me personally. Does I don't have to associate my worthiness mm. or attach any of my identity to this thing called business. It's this game that I'm playing. And I'm really learning that. I'm like really getting to starting to get good at that. And 
and Mosey's like a fucking trailblazer right now. It's it's really inspiring. He's incredible. Yeah. But I agree. It's like treating it mm-hmm. like a game. I think I've started to step into that mentality past six months. And funnily enough, when I started to consume Homozi, have you mm-hmm. got his on Audible or Hard Coffee um a hundred million leads, what he kind of just released? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got through yeah, that the other incredible. the other week. Yeah, was, yeah. I just finished as well. But I agree. He's absolutely amazing. Um, okay, what is a saying or a phrase that you are currently living by? Hmm. Yeah. Uh it I feel like it's it's the sayings that I've been trying to live by for the last seven to eight years since I started this journey, which is just trust the flow, be still, listen to God, trust what God is trying to express, allow God to work through me, to express through me. Mm. And it's just like, I surrender, use me, use Mm. me in service of the highest good, God. Mm. Like I'm here. And I try to pray in my meditations every day for that level of guidance. Just Mm. work through me. My heart is open. Just use this vessel, you know? And as you know, in coaching and like creating content, it's like, that's all you got to do most of the time is just show up as the space for God to work through. Yeah. And it's like, you can't plan shit too much in the work that we do. Um, that's how I know. That's when I know that I'm kind of going off track a bit too much. I'm trying to like really plan. No, things. that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I, that's absolutely fine. I completely agree. I feel that when I like really channel that energy when it comes to business and it's finally, it links to a, what's your Instagram story before we got on about flow. So, mm-hmm. so true. When you channel that type of energy, you get into the flow and when you're creating content and you know, when you're trying to force something, I'm someone, this is part of the reason why I don't really plan out podcast episodes. And I'm just like, let's just go with the flow. I cannot plan because I feel like my creativity gets jarred. And so everything, even when I go live, when I take a workshop, I know what I want to speak about. And I think I do my best work when I'm able to get into that flow. So I really resonate with that story. Make it every story you do, Jordan, I'm like, can you please make this a real? I think I've messaged you a few times and I'm like, this needs to be a real. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're resonating. So we're definitely uh, caught from the same rug. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And Mm -hmm. my last question, what's the, what's the vision you have for, let's say the next five to 10 years? What do you truly envision? Where's your higher self? Yeah. um, Four kids. Yep. Having beautiful houses around the world. One in Canada, one in Australia, one in Europe. Uh, and running like a movement. I've started a global movement. It's already begun, but the mm-hmm. global movement has really taken off where millions of men now have community spaces where they can come together and find their tribe. Uh, we run events all over the world that allow men to step into more power, confidence, and expression within themselves. And I'm really helping people at the top because I feel like if we can help the yeah. people at the top, that's when the, the rest of the world really is going to feel the remnants of that. So yeah, working with like the top level entrepreneurs, artists, athletes, musicians, all of that. Mm. Um, and just enjoying my downtime, enjoying yeah. just being in nature yeah. and appreciating the simple things in life, like a good home cooked meal from my girlfriend mm. or stuff mm. like that, you know? I really like that you put that just being, I think that's something I've needed to remind myself over the past 12 months. It's, I think when you start a business, you're kind of go, go, go. You're trying to create, you're trying to build. And I really appreciate just the small moments. You're right. Having a home cooked meal with my partner and just being present and being there. Mm. I think those are the most beautiful moments when you can really like savor those moments. Yeah. So <clears throat> and and that's I, just on that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but just on that, because we spoke about comparison. This is mm. a great example of, you know, I admire Hamozi. I watch his, his stuff. I read all his books. I love what he's putting out and what he's accessed within himself, but I don't want his life. That's Mm. not the life that I want. You know, he loves the grind, loves the work and gets nourishment from that. For me, it's like, no, no, no. Like I'm working so that come when I'm 40, I can afford to just take time off and be, and just enjoy life. I love traveling. I love going to music festivals. I love going and staying in epic locations. That's how I want to live. You know, and it's about getting clear on that internally because mm. everyone has their own path that they want to follow. And if you just follow Hamozi's path because he's looking, he's successful right now and you realize that this man works 12 hours a day and it's a, he yeah. fucking puts in a lot of work and you're not built for that, um, yeah, you're going to feel pretty frustrated pretty quickly. Yeah, you know? 
Oh, I agree with that. I'm like building this life so I can just travel endlessly and just yeah, keep going yeah. around the globe. Honestly, that's that's until the freedom. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah exactly. Until, you don't until want I don't want to. Like, to. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, just I know we have to go in a moment, but I saw that you went to Burning Man. Um, mm. how I know I watched your stories. I know you had an amazing experience. But how was it when everything was kind of going to shit there? Because obviously, you know, I'm only seeing from social media. I wasn't there. But I know apart from that, you also had an incredible experience. Yep. Yeah. Now, the camp that I was in was really great. We had a really blessed to be in around such a great group of people for the first burn. And we got through it. Like, it was just a a different set of challenges that got presented. But it was just one of those things where you're like, holy shit, what is is this place? This is so tricky, man. Um, it just meant getting out was a little bit more difficult or there a little bit longer than planned. And yeah, it just meant I probably partied a little bit more than I was thinking as well. So yeah. Do you recommend for people to do it? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. You got to experience that. That is one place where if you're on this frequency as an adult uh, or even a kid, like it is the ultimate playground of freedom, fun, expression, play, and I'll be doing my best to go back every year. Wow. Amazing. All right. You've inspired yeah. me. It's on the bucket yeah. list. Incredible. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jordan, um, for this. This has been such an amazing episode. If people want to reach out to you, they want to follow you, they want to work with you, they want to consume more of you, where can they find you? It will be in the show notes below, but just let everyone know. Well, thanks for having me on, Jess. This is a lot of fun. Always great of to course. cross paths. Yeah. Cross paths with another soul sister from Perth. Mm. You know, it's there's definitely something out there like people who come from Perth who step into this path. We kind of vibe on the same level, you know, which Agreed. is, which is awesome. So yeah, thanks for having me on. And Jordan Canlish 01 is the, is my platform is my channel or account on Instagram, <laughs> YouTube, TikTok, all, all the things. And yeah, just DM me, send me a DM. If there's anything mm-hmm. you want to chat about more than happy to, to chat with people. I got a men's retreat coming up in couple of months in Sedona. So oh, got any men out on this side of the world or if there's yep. any Aussies that want to do the journey out. Um, yep. Yeah. It's going to be fun. But yeah, other than that, just trying to, I love connecting with people. So always open to, to catching up with anyone who really wants to, to, to chat or, or vibe. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jordan, for your time. I really appreciate it. And I know it's been Thank you. Appreciate it.